from the feature staff at the Columbus Dispatch. This is Life in the 614. Hi, and welcome to Life in the 614, the official lifestyle podcast of the features department at the Columbus Dispatch, coming to you every Thursday. If it sounds like fun, we'll be talking about it. I'm Ryan Smith, features editor at the Dispatch, and I'm here with my colleague Nancy Gilson to talk today with R.L. Stein, the author who has given goosebumps to millions of young readers. This month, he launches a new graphic novel series for middle school readers. Just Beyond, the Scary School original graphic novel, comes out Tuesday, and Stein will return to his hometown of Bexley for an appearance September 15th at the Drexel Theater. The 75-year-old began the Goosebumps horror fiction novels with Welcome to Dead House in 1992. Since then, he has published more than 200 books in that series and spin-off series. Goosebumps books have sold more than 400 million copies in 32 languages and spawned television and film versions. Goosebumps is the second best-selling book series in history after Harry Potter. In advance of his upcoming appearance in Bexley, Stein took a moment to speak with me and Nancy. Thanks so much for joining us today. Maybe you can tell us about your new book, um, the series Just Beyond, the Scare School's original graphic novel. Yes. So what's, what's the concept of this book, and how did you come up with the idea? Well, the concept of the whole series, Just Beyond, is to take kids just beyond reality, sort of what I do in Goosebumps where you start out in the real world and it takes them to some kind of alternate universe. And that's basically what the concept of the series is. This book, Scare School, takes place in a normal middle school and it opens up with three kids, 12-year-olds, in very weird outfits, slinking through the school. They've escaped from another school which is in an alternate reality in the same building. It turns out there are two schools in the same building. One is nice and the other one's not nice, and they're trying to get away from the bad school. And it ends up in a big battle between (laughs) kids in both schools. And I think the principal is, principal, is his name Scare, and he presides over both of them? Yes, it's the George P. Scare School, I think. (laughs) He's named it after himself. (laughs) I have to have some fun, right? Yeah. (laughs) Actually, this is a lot of fun. You know, I've never written a graphic novel before. This is like a whole new thing for me. Oh, that's cool. How was that different for you? Well, I it's I find it I enjoy it because you don't have to describe anything. The artist has to do everything. <laughs> I love that. Actually, I'm not, I'm not that good at description. I don't have that careful an eye and I'm not I don't enjoy describing things. And so I can just say he flies across the room or it's a dark gloomy day. That's it. And then the artist has to fill it in and make it look right. And did you find so that kind of fun? Did you find that the artist's vision was consistent with yours? Yeah, I well, I was very pleased with the art. The art is done by these two twin sisters out in uh, Seattle. And I have to say most comic book art for kids, I hate There's this real stylized, simplistic kind of art that they use for kids' comics. And I just, I don't like it. I don't like the line of it. I don't, I always think kids can take, you know, real comics. 
that kind of art. And this kind of goes beyond the kid art. I just found what they did very pleasing, and the characters are good, and they're very subtle, and the colorist is amazing in this comic book series. I think the coloring is just wonderful. Yeah, I was very pleased with it. I have an advanced copy, I, and I'm looking at the artwork now, and mm-hmm. it, it is, it's lovely. It, it's really, really good. It's very exciting, very fun. Yeah, it's not childish, right? No, not at all. Yeah. So I was just going to kind of uh, tactfully tell you that you're not middle school age and you have grown children. So how do you keep up with middle school? <laughs> <laughs> middle what is school that? Weird. What? How tactful? How tactful was that? <laughs> Pretty good. My, huh? Look, my little boy, I have one son, uh-huh. and my little boy is 39 years old. <laughs> and he has two kids, so you don't have to be tactful. My son was music producer of Moulin Rouge on Broadway. Oh, I did read He's, that. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. I think Matt actually has a career. <laughs> He's on the guys on Broadway. He's That's amazing. That's great. That's great. Yeah, and we're very proud of him. Yeah. So I had to mention it. So how do you keep up with middle school kids, and how do you keep their interest? How do you know I, what they're interested in? Well, I've just done it so long. I know how to keep their interest now. Yeah. I mean, I know, you know, I've written so many books, I don't even want to think of how many. Yeah. So I know how to keep them going. You know, I have this gimmick that a lot of authors think is really cheap, where I have like a cliffhanger at the end of every single chapter. But that's what keeps them reading. It uh-huh. keeps them, they have to say, oh, I have to find out. I have to go on to the next chapter. And then they have to go on to the next chapter. It's a gimmick, really. But it's, I do it in every book. And, it, you know, it keeps kids in the book. Yeah. You know, I have to spy on kids. I have to, I have to keep up with what they wear, <laughs> right? Yeah. I have to spy on kids. I have to listen to them, listen to what they talk about and watch their shows and keep up with games and stuff like that. That's a big part of the job, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So how do you do that? Is it from, like, hanging out with your grandchildren? I mean, I have a 9-year-old and well, a 5-year-old, oh, yeah. and it's hard enough for nice. me. Nice. No, my grandson's only 5, so he's not, he's not very useful. But, um, <laughs> I, you know, I just do a lot of school visits and talk to kids. So I think, did Goosebumps, what, start in ni- 1992, I think? Yeah. Something like that? Yeah, 92. It, Goosebumps is 27 years old. Yeah. Wow. How can that be? How can know. that be? Yeah. Who ever heard of a book series going 27 years? Yeah. I'm here writing one this morning. I'm working on one called They Call Me the Night Howler. <laughs> about a kid who be he's forced to be a superhero. Yeah, I'm still going at 27 years. I mean, I'm amazed. Now, when you started this, did you ever envision the kind of success no. that it would have? No, no you can't, yeah. uh-huh. you know. You can't plan for it. You can't. You don't know. It's all luck. Yeah. I just think it's all luck. I didn't want to do Goosebumps. That's a true story. (laughs) That's the kind of businessman I am. I didn't want to do it. And my editors, my wife and her business partner, forced me. They said, no one's ever done a scary series for 7 to 12-year-olds. We have to try it. And I didn't want to mess up. I was doing this teen series, Fear Street, and I didn't want to mess up that audience. But I was stupid, right? Uh And so we put out, I said, all right, I'll do three or four. And we signed a contract with Scholastic, and we put three of them out, and they sat there on the shelf. No one bought They didn't do anything. If they had come out today, they would have been pulled off the shelf, these bookstores, with their computers. Huh. They would have seen the books weren't going anywhere. They would have just taken them away. But things stayed longer on shelves in 92, uh-huh. and somehow kids discovered them. And then kids told kids. 
They brought them to school and told their friends about it. It was a secret kids network. It yeah. was all word of mouth. And then it just took off. I've heard librarians say that they're particularly good for boys, that boys sometimes at that yeah. age can be rather reluctant readers, and these books well, just sort are. of Well, they are. I mean, the, you know, everyone in children's publishing always said girls read and boys don't. Uh-huh. And my early books were aimed at girls because that's what we believed. And then the fan mail started coming in from kids, and it was half from boys. Huh. The secret of Goosebumps is that it's girls and boys. Yeah. It's a kind of equal. What did you read when you were that particular age? Comic books. I read comics. I was a comic book freak. You know, they had those really creepy comics, the Tales from the Crypt and the Vault of Horror, those EC horror comics. <laughs> and I just, I would love, they were a major influence on me because they were horrifying, just gruesome. And they all had funny endings. It's kind of what I do. Yeah. And, yeah, my friends and I, we used to just carry around big stacks of comic books, and we would trade them and read them, and we sat under a tree in the summer and just reading comics. And then one day, my mom dropped me off at the Bexley Public Library on Main Street. Oh, yeah. And a librarian met me, and she said, Bobby, I know you like comic books. I have something else I think you will like. And she took me to a shelf of Ray Bradbury stories. Oh, cool. And it just changed my life. Yeah. It turned me into a reader. I just loved them so much. His stories were so creative and so beautifully written. And they all had surprise endings. And this librarian really changed my life. And Ray Bradbury turned me into a reader. Oh, that's really cool. So do you have any idea how many scary stories for kids you've written? How many books? No. <laughs> I've lost track. No, I'm sorry. I've lost track. I've written maybe 350 books. Uh-huh. But yeah. uh, maybe, uh, maybe 150 Goosebumps books. Yeah. I honestly, I've lost track. I don't know. Yeah. You've got to be crazy to write that many books, right? <laughs> Do you get tired of writing these? I'm old. I'm tired. <laughs> I n- no, I don't. Uh-huh. It's what I, I love it. I never get tired of it. I wouldn't know what else to do all day. I honestly look forward to getting up and sitting down like at 10 o'clock, and I write 10 pages a day, and then I quit. Yeah. Do you ever and have trouble? No matter com- where I am. Do you ever have trouble coming up with the ideas? It's gotten harder. Uh huh. Especially ideas for Slappy the Dummy. Oh, yeah, I remember him. <laughs> who is the most popular character, thanks to the Goosebumps movies, uh-huh. the two movies. Slappy was the star, and everyone loves Slappy. And now, at ho- this is kind of a thrill. At Halloween time, thousands of kids go out dressed as Slappy. You mentioned the movie. What was it like for you to show up on screen in a, a cameo? Well, I, I enjoyed that, but how strange to be a character in a movie. <laughs> You know, Jack Black and I are like twins, right? Yeah. Yeah, right. (laughs) He was terrific. But what a strange thing to sit there. And he's me. The cameo was fun, my little five seconds. And I have three movies coming out next summer, three Fear Street movies. Wow. Everyone's asking me on Twitter, why don't you have a Fear Street TV show? Have you ever thought of Fear Street movies? Well, we have three of them coming out next summer, June, July, and August. It's like binge movies. Oh, that's cool. So they're just finishing up shooting those in Atlanta right now. But what were we talking about? <laughs> we're talking about how many, how many oh, of these... Oh, Slappy. No, we're talking slappy. about Slappy. So everyone loves Slappy. I think I've sold more red bow ties than anyone in history. <laughs> 
but so every other book, my contracts, every other book has to be a slappy story. Oh. This, this series is called Goosebumps Slappy World now, and I've written 14 books about a dummy that comes to life. I just wrote one called The Ghost of Slappy. I killed him. <laughs> I had, <laughs> but he had to come back. I'm kind of a. That's tough to keep coming up with ideas for a dummy. Yeah, that's tough. So, are you still writing some jokes now and then? Well, I'm not allowed to talk about it, but I may be doing a funny series. Well, they're jokes and goosebumps. Yeah, yeah. But I, there may be. I may be. I can't talk about it. I may be doing a book series based on the garbage pail kids. Oh my goodness! Oh, I still have yeah, those. I know. <laughs> Funny, yes, funny. That's going back to the 80s. But uh, I don't know. I'm in negotiations, so I shouldn't talk about it. Okay. So I may be doing a funny series. You know, I always just wanted to be funny. I never I never planned to be scary. Yeah. It's just sort of an accident. When did you start writing jokes? That was really early in your career, wasn't it? I was nine. Oh, <laughs> very early. <laughs> yeah, I was nine. I'm in my room typing little joke magazines. Uh, and typing little joke books and little comics in my room. I was a weird kid. Do you remember I one of those parents, early jokes? Here, well, here's I wrote about 100 joke books for kids. Yeah. Here's one of my best jokes. We have to remember it's a kid's joke, okay? Yeah. What do you get when you cross a dog with a frog? You I, get a dog that can lick himself from across the room. <laughs> Pretty good, uh, right? That's very cute. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, it was a living. I made a living with that. <laughs> <laughs> so you grew up in, in Bexley. What can you tell us? Yes. About, uh, some other than, you know, that was a great story about the library. What else do you remember about your formative years in Bexley? Well, I, it was very weird for me because uh, Bexley was quite an upper middle class community and my family was very poor. Uh-huh. And we lived like, literally on North Columbia, three doors from the railroad tracks. And we had, I, we had like, there were five of us, and we had no money at all. I had to wear my cousin's clothes, hand-me-downs, to school. So I kind of felt like an outsider most of the time. Yeah. And I think, I, you know, I would make jokes. I would break up the class and be funny to get attention. And I would bring in the little magazines that I was doing in my, and pass those around and, you know, to get attention. But, and the teachers begged me to stop. <laughs> Bob, please don't bring these in anymore. Bob, please stop. People now ask me, did you have a teacher who really encouraged you? And I, <laughs> I always have the worst answer. I say, no, they tried to get me to stop. (laughs) (laughs) What about your parents? Were they supportive? Well, they didn't understand it at all. I mean, they were, my dad was a blue collar worker. He unloaded trucks in a warehouse. And he just, I mean, he never read a word I wrote ever. And my mom was, you know, she just, she let me do it. But she would stand outside my room and I'd be in there typing and she'd say, what's wrong with you? Go outside and play. Go outside. And I'd say, it's boring out there. Type, 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 type. But they let me get away with it. You know, they let me do it. And that was kind of encouraging me, right? Yeah. What about your time at Ohio State? What was that like for you in, in, again, forming you into who you became? Well, I, you know what I did at Ohio State? In those days, every college had a humor magazine. 
like a monthly humor magazine, all the, every university. And Ohio State had one called The Sundial, which uh, it started in 1911, I think. In 1917, James Thurber was the editor of The Sundial. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I, when I started Ohio State, I went right to The Sundial office and started writing for them. And then I was the editor three years in a row sophomore, junior, and senior year. And that's all I did at Ohio State. I hardly went to class. (laughs) I put out this magazine. And they had a wonderful policy where the editor of the magazine got 22% of the profits. Wow. And it it paid my way to New York. Yeah. And I I learned everything. I learned how to put out a magazine and work with the staff and all the business part of it and all the printing part. It was tremendous for, you know, it was great for me, just great. What's your major in at Ohio State? Beer and pizza. (laughs) No, English. English, I was an English major. I was at Ohio State at a very bad time. Yeah. No one really cared about the humanities department. The English department had a couple good professors, but not no one paid much attention. Uh-huh. And the, the deans were all horrible. They yeah. were all awful people. The president was awful. They were, it, I wasn't a good time. Yeah. Now I love everyone there. I have a lot going at Ohio State. I, uh, you know, I have my own scholarship for a creative writing student. Oh, cool. Where I pay, I pay tuition and all expenses for somebody every year in the English department, and I'm I'm know all the deans now, and they're all wonderful. Now it's a totally different place. It's really t- just a terrific place. That's great. So you you will be appearing um, September fifteenth at the Drexel Theater. And yes. I, I think it's after they show the movie, and then what are you going to mm-hmm. say to the audience? I don't know. I what a thrill for me. You know uh-huh. the Drexel. My brother, when we were kids, my brother and I were at the Drexel every afternoon, every Saturday. Oh, that's great. To see a cartoon, a cartoon. They had a cartoon festival, Tom and Jerry mostly, and then they'd show a horror film. And Bill and I were there like every Saturday. And what a thrill for me to go back and show my own movie in this theater <laughs> where great. I spent so much time as a kid. It's really a thrill. That's really fun. So that's exciting. And I got lucky with the Goosebumps movies, didn't I? Because they were good. Yeah. <laughs> they didn't did. have to be. They were actually, you know, I, I, they were actually good movies. Yeah. Well, I know our time is kind of short, but um, do you have anything that else that we didn't talk about that you would like Columbus readers and audiences to know about you? No, I'm, you know, Goosebumps continues, and I hope people will check out this graphic novel. It comes out September 3rd. Uh-huh. It's just coming out. And I'm going to do four four comic books in this series okay, called Just Beyond. Just Beyond. And okay. I think kids will, I hope kids will get into it. It's sort of kind of a goosebumps in comic book form, really. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I hope, yeah, I hope they'll go, I hope they'll take a look at it. So, well, uh, It's really fun for me to be doing something so new. The, I know the first one's a cliffhanger, so will, will they all, the, the sequential... No, they're not connected. They're, they're not connected. Like oh, goosebumps. okay, okay. I make everything hard as possible for okay. myself. All right. I start all over again every book. Okay. The next one I wanted to call "Morons from Mars." <laughs> That's a great title, right? Yeah. I wanted to do a Goosebumps called "Morons from Mars," and my editor wouldn't let me. He said, "You'll offend the morons." Yeah. <laughs> I guess it's not politically correct anymore. That's it. Nothing is now. <laughs> Nothing's politically correct. I defend the morons. <laughs> so it's 
now these two marsh in this comic book in the next just beyond which is called the horror at happy landings two martians mistakenly come to earth and then invade these two kids minds Oh, take over their mind. Oh, that's great. It's kind of cool. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for your time today. It's been a, a lot of fun talking to you. This is fun for me. I yeah. really enjoyed talking with you. Yeah, we too. And, and I know you'll have a big crowd when you uh, come to Columbus. Bexley. I'm really looking yeah. forward to coming back to Columbus. I always have fun. Good. Yeah, we'll look forward to and seeing I, you there. And I get, I get some pizza at Rubino's. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> we walk in there and what? they know our order. You know, that's the place to get your pizza. What? I hate, listen, they overnight it to me here in New York. Oh, that's great. I get Rubino's. I have it in my freezer here in you, New York. Oh, my gosh. They ought to, yeah. They better get, give you a free pizza for the Oh, my the pictures, my photos, on, my photos on the wall. <laughs> it's, a, it's a great place. Well, we'll see you at Rubino's. <laughs> nice. Thank you very much. Thank you so much. Okay. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And thank you all for listening to Life in the 614. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or Google Play Music. We hope to have you back next week. Until then, keep enjoying your own life in the 614.